I'm Ren Young. And I'm Katrina Vargas. And this this is That Other F Word. All right. I'm going to tell you guys a joke, okay? Got it. All right. So God says, Adam, I will make a woman for you. Adam says, okay, what will she be like? God says, kind, sweet, beautiful, caring, loyal. She'll comfort you. She'll be your best friend. She'll complete you. Adam says, okay, well, what'll it cost me? God says, an arm and a leg. Adam says, what can I get for one rib? <laughs> um, yeah, you said that. I didn't know which one you were going to do, and you said that one to me, and it made me chuckle pretty good at work it's a good one. the other day. I kind of like the cold open there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it was solid. It was solid. <laughs> it was really like, you know. So, on, so I guess on that, so that was Ren's opening, but we're going to talk about our society being offended by everything. I mean, just just absolutely everything, um, you know, like feminism going too far because of like people being super offended. And so that's how it specifically um, pertains to us and what we talk about. But I just wanted to open with that joke because as a woman who that joke is discounting and as a Christian who that joke is, what is the word for that? Blasphemy? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think that joke is hilarious. It is. His, it, it, it is. It's amazing. It's perfect. I mean, it's so, right, that was just for fun. Nobody is, like, nobody was being really rude. I mean, come on. Like, can we, we've lost our sense of humor, it seems. Yes. And I want to be super clear before we get started about who we're talking about in this episode. So we're not talking about people who are just living their daily lives and happen to have opinions and express them. Uh, We're not talking about people who are thoughtfully or meaningfully representing a minority opinion or their own experience. You know, if you are a rape survivor and you're out there trying to explain to people what that feels like because you don't feel like people really understand... That you're not 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 who who we're we're talking talking about. about. (laughs) Who we do mean... And we're not talking about like regular sensitive people like Rin, like you are. No. Rin is sensitive. She she is very sensitive to bad things, energy, her friends being hurt. It hurts her. We're not talking about yes. that kind of sensitivity either, like being a compassionate, empathetic person. We're no. talking about... We're talking about people expressing their opinion with the absolute belief in their rightness and no room for other people's perceptions and people who believe they're immune from being offended. Especially, especially if you're doing it from your computer, if that's yeah. where you're oh, expressing yeah. yourself. There, there's a lot of that now. So those people, some of are people, safe. So it's like a fist fight, but like a safe fist fight. But a fist fight, when you're done with it, it's just done, right? right? You've resolved it. You've worked it out and it's done. And we're like, so we're getting into all these, we're never going to actually confront anybody situations and just keep aggressiving. So a lot of people, what they call this person is a snowflake. Do you want to go into what well, that actually means? We can, we can talk about it. I will say before I kind of start on that, I automatically think calling them a snowflake is a problem. I will say that. This movement of people who are snowflakes, we'll call them that just for this purpose. Um, I do think people are oversensitive, and we're, so we're, we're just giving them a name. Um, but I don't love that we're like giving them a hard time for it either. For what? For being oversent, like we're, what's happening is we're having a reaction, and it's like a, it's just as a, it's just as big of a reaction in the other direction, because like these people, I'm like, would you just get over it and toughen up? But then I'm like, mm, but you're entitled to your opinion, and I get it. 
But like, so all of it, I think, is overblown and over-exaggerated. Yeah. I don't so, love the term snowflake, right? But but it, so but the, but what a snowflake is? It's um, it's someone. There's a couple different. I mean, there's so many, so many different definitions. Like if you look at Urban Dictionary, look up snowflake, it'll give them to you. A very sensitive person, someone who's easily hurt or offended by statements and actions of others. Um, snowflakes can be, I guess, liberal or conservative. But I think... I think in today's world, and people use it, they're talking mostly about young, extreme liberals. That's right. Young, and, and young people, usually. It's it's like millennials and down and Zs, and they're super liberal and but it's like people who are just it's the people who use the word safe space um you know they don't want any kind of harsh reality you know it's it's stuff like that you know um comedians aren't performing on college campuses because yeah. of all the snowflakes in college well and i would actually argue <clears throat> that um there are i think the left and the right tend to be oversensitive about different things right i think that correct one thing i've heard people say is that there has been an incredible rise in oversensitivity on the left in the past few years. I don't know that it was always that way. Um, I think it's become a bigger problem. Well, it's we've it's, so it's it's and then we've talked about this, and so this is why. So with feminism, we we took something because like we were tired of it being used wrong or misconstrued or whatever. So people like Rin and I talk, have, we come on and we do a little podcast and try to give you all the rational, calm ways to explain why we're feminists and what it means. But then some people go to that other side and they're so upset and they're so offended. So then they go way far with it and they get very aggressive. And here's all the ways you're bad. We try to focus on all the ways all these things are good and differences, opinions are always good. And, you know, so that's, that's kind of, I think what we're talking about here and being oversensitive and we're being oversensitive about everything. I mean, it's, it's getting almost comical to me because I look and I think, and I think other people like they get annoyed with them and they get mad and I'm just like, you guys are cracking me up. Like you think, I mean, that you're picking some stuff that is just not that hard to make it hard and, and you're going to have a hard life. Like what's going to happen is things are going to be tough for you. Well, so, and I like that you're saying oversensitive because I did, like you mentioned before, I want to draw the line between being what is now called a snowflake or someone who takes offense to everything all the time, um, which they don't have to be the same thing. No. <laughs> or or someone who's sensitive because I actually do consider myself a highly sensitive person. And you are. But that doesn't mean that I go around being offended all the time. Right. And uh, I mean, yeah. it, right. Like, um, there's things that people say to us all the time that are maybe not appropriate or whatever. We don't go away offended. I ha- I very rarely, when we're having conversations, ever hear one of us go, I was so offended. Right. We never, I, I don't know that we've ever said that word. No. I mean, we're usually offended by extreme stupidity. And one of the definitions <laughs> of being sensitive is having or displaying a quick and delicate appreciation of others' feelings. Right. So if you're someone who Mm-hmm. Find yourself being offended all the time. You're not sensitive. That's you're not actually, being sensitive. That's being selfish. That's right. And because it's all about yourself. It's a very narcissistic thing. And I know that young people get called narcissistic a lot. And some of them are. Some of them are not. It's a you know we're generalizing them a lot. But but speaking, you, you really are. If you're so at the core of who you are, offended at something that almost just really doesn't pertain. If you have to struggle to make it pertain to you, right. You're what the snowflake definition kind of means. You're being offended on something that really, I mean, that's like 
we, we've talked about not having kids, things like that. I'm not usually offended. I'm like, oh my gosh, you're annoyed. Why are we, I'm annoyed. Why are we having this conversation? And it's, but it is offensive and I'm still not even offended by it, right? Like the it takes a lot. And the difference is you don't hate the person for saying it and you don't go write a blog about that no, or tweet that's about right. it. And how, and how stupid they are and what a bunch of idiots and like, you know, you got to get yourself educated and you need to learn a few things. No, it's like, I'd like to explain to you why you probably shouldn't ask that question to everybody. Because it's just not nice. Like, <laughs> I'm not offended. I don't go right. back and just, like, right, go on some tirade on whatever social media platform I choose. And so I want to I give this a little context because I do think this is something that is happening in our culture. And nothing happens in a vacuum. Everything comes from somewhere. And so uh, there's a book called The Coddling of the American Mind. And basically what it talks about is this is actually not a millennial thing so much as it is a Generation Z thing. Now, right. I'm not saying they're the only ones who are per- perpetrating this, so let me... When people are yeah. getting confused to millennials and Z, so millennial goes from like 1980 to 1995, um, that people born within 1980 and 1995 are millennials. The The cusps, of course, are close. So right. millennial, you know, really most millennials kind of start more like born 83 because like the 80, the right around that 80, most... People, most of the people I know who are born right around eighty don't identify as millennial. Yeah, um, and then you've got Z is after ninety five. Right, um, and so like just keep that in mind when we're talking about this and the age groups we're talking about, and when you're talking about oversensitivity and how old these people are and how they use their their platforms. Let's, let's just keep that in mind. And of course, as feminists the, who abide by the actual <laughs> definition of feminism, we don't say that every person born in this sem- this set of years is exactly the same. That's right. not what, but. What they have shown is that, so this generation, Generation Z, has grown up with cell phones being a big part of their life since childhood. And so, and, you know, computers, all of that. So even more so than millennials. Among this generation, they date less. They have fewer driver's licenses. Um, they have less sex. Um, and they have higher rates of anxiety, depression, cutting, and a higher rate of suicide. Which is terribly sad. All That's of those terrible. things are very terribly sad. And I don't think that those can be separated from <laughs> a, a more use of cell phones. I don't, and, and computers. I just think what's happened, I think that the constant communication and constant contact is what's exasperating all this stuff. So before, when we get mad, I couldn't go tell 10,000 quote unquote friends right. how I felt. I could tell the three people I came in contact with. One of those people talked me off the ledge. And then it was done. So now I send it out to the 10,000 quote-unquote friends, which are not friends. I've never met half of them. I then say it. And then we get on this whole crazy thing. And and that's a big peeve of mine. I'm not on social media. And one of the reasons why is because I love it, just love it. And I'm being sarcastic. When somebody puts something controversial, then gets pissed when someone puts something else controversial up in response. Yeah. I'm like, well, um, you started it. Right. Like, <laughs> You started that controversial thread. Did you expect everybody to just say, right on, you're awesome? Well, something else that kind of points to social media being a big part of the problem is, so these issues of the higher depression, anxiety, uh, cutting, and suicide, this is all across the country. It's not specified to one region. It's across all social classes and all races. So this isn't like a problem that pertains only to one group of people. Right. It's everybody. And so around about the time this generation starts hitting college, that's when you see college students starting to not want to hear from certain speakers, not want people to be allowed to speak at colleges, 
that kind of thing. And so basically what it is, is instead of focusing on freedom of speech and freedom of ideas, it's, I don't want to hear that. And so, be, which, which to me, if you are, if you are unable to listen to ideas that are different from your own, I don't know how you can have quality, strong ideas. Right. Well, and you know, my mom, I, I, my mom's favorite and famous thing is, you know, if you don't like what they're saying, or you don't want to, if you don't think what they're putting on TV is appropriate, or you, you know, you have the right to turn it off. You don't have to go to a program just because there's a speaker. I mean, if and if, if you go, if, if Trump is speaking out a thing, I'm not going. I don't want to hear him. Right? But do you want to share Justice Roberts? I do, okay. So, <clears throat> I Chief Justice Roberts, when the election, I guess it was. Um, Gosh, who was being? Who was the race? I, it's pitiful. I don't even know now. But it, the University of Miami did a whole series. I got to see Bill Clinton, Al Gore, the Dalai Lama, and I saw Chief Justice Roberts. I don't agree with Chief Justice Roberts and his his uh, you know any of what he believes. Right? I, he's conservative. He's he's male. He he wants to do and does things that I don't necessarily agree with. I went and saw him. This is a man that I don't have anything in common with, and I don't even believe what he believes, but I went and saw him, and he was one of the most brilliant speakers I have ever seen. Right. And I also, remember I said, I've seen Bill Clinton, Al Gore, the Dalai Lama. The Dalai Lama, by the way, is my favorite, but I saw Chief Justice Roberts speak, and I'm better for it. Right. I don't have to agree with everything he says. I don't have to, and you know, it wasn't, he didn't go into a lot of politically charged things. But I got to hear a brilliant man and a brilliant speaker speak. Right. I don't have to like his political leanings or, or things that he agrees with, but I, I went and sat through and listened to somebody who I, don't, I fundamentally don't agree with, right? You weren't damaged by that as a human. I was not damaged at all. I think I was only enriched. Well, and I think, honestly, like the immune system, you know, if, if your immune system is never exposed to things that challenge it, germs, you know, it's not, you're not going to be a person with a strong constitution. Right. You can't fight it. Human beings are the same way. You can't, if you are in a vacuum and don't have to listen to anyone who doesn't agree with you, how can you expect to be anything but a very dull knife? Well, also, how do I, if I don't, if you and I don't agree, how do I expect you to listen to me if I won't listen to you? I don't exactly. Think, I don't think that that's supposed to work that way. I think if we don't agree, we can have a civil conversation. We may walk away and still not agree, but we gave each other the opportunity to speak. Um, you just saying what you have to say is not valid. You're an idiot. You're stupid. Whatever it is you think, um, you know what? Why would they listen to you then? Because I'm yeah. not going to listen to you. Well, and like you and I talk about all the time, change basically happens in two big ways: social change. Yep. There are big movements like the civil rights movement or the suffrage movement, or there's where you sit down with somebody and have an interpersonal connection and have a conversation and your perception shifts a little bit right. because of it. Right. And most of these are nonviolent, non, you know, they're not particularly aggressive. They, they, they've been aggressive, they can be aggressive, but they don't, they really don't have to be. And we see a lot of movements yeah. and change when we do it, when we're doing things non-aggressively and not... But when you sit down at your computer and fire something off, that's not achieving change in either one of those ways. In fact, it's probably adding fuel to people on the other side who can look at you and say, look how ridiculous those people are. 
And I believe it's donate more money to our cause. It's very passive aggressive, (laughs) and it's just not, you know, deal with it or or like don't deal with it. I mean, just it's just just think about it and like maybe just remember, don't be you know if you're if you're gonna be if you're gonna overreact to that the controversial retort, don't put the first thing up in the first place, right? You know, your first. So I think the really good news is that this doesn't apply to feminism at all. Hmm. I think that's not that's not true. You think that's right? I don't think so. <laughs> I think you had some kind of situation there. Yeah. <laughs> Rin was kidding. <laughs> so uh, it's <laughs> it's super unfortunately does, and it's really sad to see you know articles on the time on BuzzFeed about how Ross from Friends twenty five years ago is super problematic <laughs> uh, when we could be talking about lots of other more important things. Um, I was. Like what, Rin? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's all kinds, but he, one one example of a terrible distraction that I saw um, at the end of 2018. This is Rin's favorite thing ever. I got. I don't know Not. if everyone listening is familiar with Lewis Black, but I got Lewis Black level angry about this. So <laughs> <laughs> she did. It's it's and it's. So I don't know how much you guys have figured this out by now, but I'm the fiery one of the two of us, not Rin. And so her getting riled up makes me really happy. It, I don't know why, but every once in a while she gets rowdy and it's it's awesome. So, so rowdy it up. For years, I have been making fun of the song Baby It's Cold Outside because I, and I'm sorry for this word, but I would say it sounds a little rapey. Right, um, like so, yeah. I I have to. So it's my husband. It's one of my husband's very favorite Christmas songs. Donnie loves that song. And when they go, "Hey, what's in the drink?" I always go, "A roofie." Um, hey guys, not, can we avoid the word "rapey"? I don't want to offend anybody. <laughs> well, yep. So well, snowflakes, course, beware. Yes, um, I'm not. This is not funny. A roofie is not. Date not funny. Rape is not funny. This is not. But it's a Christmas classic that has some lyrics in it that are. Can be don't apply filtered to now. through a little, unfortunately. Right. So I would I would jokingly say that to friends who I knew really loved the song. Right. <laughs> just like to, just because yeah. we like to mess with people, right? right. Like. But by the way, meanwhile, I had it on my Rin's Christmas playlist all yeah, the time. Absolutely. So, but around about the end of last year, people got really upset about this song to the point that they were demanding that radio stations not play it. So I decided to look into it a little bit. So actually, the line "Hey, what's in this drink?" Around the time the song was written, that was a really common joke. And right, basically, when, the context it was used in was like, man, I just did something really silly. So I'm going to say, hey, what's in this drink? Yeah, I'm going to blame it on being plastered. Even though I'm not. I've had too, I've had too much. I've tripped over a chair. I was like, the, what is in this thing? I mean, it could have been a Coca-Cola. We were just, it's just a, it's a, it's like a, a figure of speech. The points of the line in that song is, she stayed Longer than maybe society would suggest that was appropriate. So it's like, hey, what's in this drink? So let's let me rewind. So yeah, they're saying it's not a feminist song. I and, actually think it kind of is. And so Rin has a lot of very valid reasons why it is an actual feminist song. So then well, continue on. Your society doesn't think a woman should be alone with a man for too long. She goes on in the song to talk about what her dad thinks, what her neighbors will think, what her aunt's going to think, what her dad's going to think. Like how she's going to explain this to all these people who are worried about what she's doing with and, this dude. And what these people are going to think, those are the reasons she's not staying. But at the end, she sticks around with her boyfriend, right? Right. And it's not because he... Did anything other than she made that choice. She made the choice to stay and do whatever it was she wanted, whether society, her daddy, or anybody else said was okay or not. So the first level of this is, 
you know, if you're going to be so hard on something that you're not gently teasing, but you're demanding radio stations not play it, maybe actually do your research on it. B, it is a Christmas song. If you don't like it and you don't want to listen to it, don't, don't add it listen. to your Christmas playlist. Change right. the radio station. Also, don't don't date rape women. Right? And the truth is, like, you know, I mean, that's that's <laughs> the that's an ideal. I mean, yes. I just I it, it you know we do we get to where we're like like really are we so it's is it go, we're going too far is, and I is feminism going too far are all these things going too far because we're reactive and you know what maybe there there are women out there who have had something terrible happen to them and that song does bring stuff up for them which is another it's another quote unquote snowflake thing triggering is well, no, a thing but and that's, what if, but that is a true people. Things trigger PTSD. I truly have sympathy for that. That's right. I had a cousin who passed away, and there's a song that every time I hear it, I think about him. That doesn't mean that I want to tell all radio stations that they're not allowed to play that song. Well, there's, um, you know, the song um, Jumper by Third Eye Blind? I actually had a friend who committed suicide and had that song on repeat. Right. That song didn't make her kill herself. Right. She jumped off of a building. That's exactly how she killed herself. So um, we should never, Third Eye Blind, thank you for making that song. I mean, so I should sue Third Eye Blind and And we should sue all the radio stations stations because they wrote a song and somebody happened to use it when they killed themselves? That's, no, that's, I mean, she had something going on that we we should have figured out earlier. It had nothing to do with that. I mean, that song just meant something to her. Fine, but that didn't that didn't do that, right? You know, and and so it's we we just personally think everything's going really way too far. We're getting way too like reactive. We're not thinking about stuff, so we're just knee jerk. Okay, let's it. We'll pull it. And so the latest one, which so Ren and I are big Clue fans. Clue is the old board game. <clears throat> More it? importantly, it's a nineteen eighties movie. movie. <laughs> yeah. 1983. With Madeline Kahn. Madeline Kahn, Tim Curry, and a whole bunch of other, Christopher Lloyd. You had a whole bunch of great, oh, it's such a good movie. It's our, <laughs> it's like our, it's literally our favorite. Um, Three endings. We have, That's right. and, and if you don't say the third ending with all endings is your favorite, you're done. Um, no, I'm kidding. But we have just recently found out, so we've always, we played the board game also. And when we played the board game, I, as a child, used to play it, and we just picked, like, the color. We didn't really care. We didn't even know anything about the characters. Right. Like, I had no idea what Professor Plum did. I mean, other, other than, like, that he's a professor. But as a kid, I'm like, what, I, what even is a professor? The board game doesn't necessarily have a storyline that it follows. That's right. right. Well, it kind of does. So now, so we play that old board game. We pick as children. I recently then bought the board game when my nieces were here, and I was, Mrs. White was a cook. They had pictures now on the, and I think they had pictures on the original game. But who cares? But like they were, it was just like a cartoon of somebody, like a person. Um, And I just, we never thought about it. We never thought of a backstory, whatever. So then 1983, a movie comes out called Clue, and it gives it backstory, right? It's a completely made up screenplay that they thought would be clever to go along with the game. And cool. Recently... They have now changed Clue, the board game. And Mrs. White is no longer a cook. She's a scientist. Well, also her name's not Mrs. White anymore. And it's not Mrs. White anymore. It's Dr. Blanchard or something like that. Dr. Orchid, I think. Dr. Orchid, which, okay, whatever. So let's go to this. What we can confirm, patent paperwork in 1944 shows that Mrs. White was originally supposed to be a nurse. 
Okay, with all that being said, why is a nurse not good enough? Why is, that, why is a nurse not feminist enough? Right? Because they've always been women. Who cares? There's men nurses. There's women. Who care? What does it matter? She's a nurse. A cook. Why isn't a cook enough? Right. Why have we gone so far that a woman isn't a woman unless she's a scientist, a doctor, a mother, and all of these great things? Why do we have to be all of those things? I can't physically be a doctor, a mom, a lawyer, a scientist, and all of those things. So now I'm not a woman. So now we've taken it so far that a board game, I would, my personal favorite like job, if I couldn't be a swim coach, would be a personal chef in a mansion. <laughs> so like, who are you people who deemed... Why did we go so far? As right. to say, now, a, now, a, now a nurse and a cook aren't good enough. If you're wanting more lady representation, how about Professor Plum could just as easily, or Colonel Mustard, could those have could been just as women. easily be ladies. And the Mrs. White could have still been the... Now, Ren, let's go back. Ren and I prefer the movie version where Madeline Kahn is a black widow. I'm personally offended that and, Madeline <laughs> Kahn's character is so, not being represented. I mean, um, it's kind of a thing. We're, we're a big fan. She's... Uh, she was a comedic genius. If you have not seen 1983 Clue, please watch it. It's it's literally our favorite thing. But and then go but, watch Blazing Saddles immediately and, after right. another fantastic Madeline performance Kahn. by Madeline. That's Kahn. right. <laughs> I mean, so so now we're now we've gone so far. Feminism has gone so far. We've changed a board ca- board game character, and it wasn't even offensive in the first place. Who was offended by that? Why are you offended? Why is a cook not good enough? Why can't I be a woman cook or a nurse or whatever? And like Rin said, why couldn't Professor Plum or Colonel Mustard have been a woman? Why couldn't they have been? No, but why couldn't they have been women? They could have been right? women. You can have a woman colonel now. Thank God. You know, we're allowed to be in the military, guys. I mean, we're allowed to do stuff. Why are we? Why? Like, is it going? Are we going too far? Well, and then there's the super fun. Feminist on feminist oversensitivity. <laughs> so one of my personal favorites is Jennifer Lawrence. And uh, there was some really weird issue uh, <laughs> recently where she was wearing a dress, a sleeveless, black, lovely looking dress. It was low cut. She had she had um, decolletage and a very high slit. Yeah. And her male counterparts were dressed in overcoats. It was cold out. It, they were in like London. So people were completely affronted that she, in cold weather, would st- would feel that she had to be stepping out for the male gaze in this skimpy dress, right? Jennifer Lawrence's response was, this is sexist. This is ridiculous. This is not feminism. Overreacting about everything someone says or does, creating controversy over silly, innocuous things such as what I chose to wear or not wear, is not moving us forward. It's creating silly distractions from real issues. Get a grip, people. Everything you see me wear is my choice. If, if I want to be this cold, that's my choice too. Right. And so like that's, we've had, there's, there's, there's things about like, you're not supposed to compliment how people look in their clothes now. And that's like a thing. And I'm like, when did saying somebody looked nice or just saying you liked somebody's shirt right. become like this bad thing or an anti-feminist thing? She wore what she wanted something that she felt beautiful in. She, quite frankly, looked beautiful in it, and she did it for herself. Why assume she even did that for anybody else? Well, and what, what she, part of another like, part of what she said was, that, was, that dress cost thousands of dollars, and it was beautiful. Do you really think I'm going to cover that up with a sweater when I have to be outside for five minutes? Right. She was going to muscle through it, and that's what a real woman does. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, you know what? That is probably what Katrina would do. It is, because I look fabulous. I'm going to damn look fabulous. I just, first time in my whole life I've ever dressed up and I'm not going to undo it. And I would be wearing a sweater and probably a long dress that I could put my Converse on underneath and nobody would know any better. Right. I mean, it's just... And both of us happen to be, quote, real women, whatever the hell that actually means. <laughs> exactly. I, I don't know what that means. Right. We, did, my, we did talk about that. Like, early, it's funny. Like, so I only get like dressed up once a year. Yeah. <laughs> so, and when I do, it's like all, it's whole hog. But so Rin is in general a lot more kept up than I am. Like I, I have struggled with brushing my hair. Um, <laughs> I mean, like I'm, cl- like I, I brush my teeth and I shower and everything. I'm clean, but I'm not, I'm not wearing makeup ever for any reason other than once. And then when I do it, I'm like. You do it once a year and you go all it's, out. It's terrible, but. You know, so it's just kind of funny, like what, how we do certain things and like, right. you know, but I, d- I did it for me just because I'm like, oh, this is right. kind of fun. Like I get to finally dress up for once and I only really want to do this once a year. So I'll go ahead and do it and get it over with. Right. Like I'm not doing it for somebody else or for somebody. So I look pretty for, you know, like my husband, my husband's still married to me, you know, after all this time and I He's still fine. don't wear makeup. Right. Like he met me without it. And I still have, I don't have it. You want to hear about a super fun triple layer feminist overreaction? Ooh, yes. So Emma Watson oh. chose to be on the, in some photo shoot where she was wearing like something that kind of covered her bust, but only loosely. I mean, you couldn't really see anything, I don't think, but it was suggestive. And so, of course, she caught tons of heat for that because she's, you know, a feminist figure now. And so she was accused of not being feminist because of this photo shoot she participated in that she was really happy about because, you know boobs. So of course she's not a feminist. What makes it even worse is that, so people called her a hypocrite for that on its face and then called her a hypocrite because she had made similar comments about Beyonce in the past. So it's just like lady overreaction on top of lady overreaction on top of lady overreaction. Well, as, I mean, so if a guy can pose topless in a magazine, then so can a woman. It's the definition of feminism is equality in between the sexes and the equal opportunities, right? She chose to do it. She did it for whatever reason she did it for. It's not for your approval. But what part of any part of those conversations was is constructive or helpful in any way? It's not. And it's and it certainly doesn't merit an overreaction. Let a woman wear what she wants to wear or not wear when? what she doesn't want Whenever. to wear. That's right. When she wants to. It's, it doesn't seem to be that difficult of a concept, but it, it seems to be. And we're very, we're just, so we're oversensitive. We're overreacting to everything. Everything has to be black or white, fight or not, like... We can't just say, well, I wouldn't do that, but all right. I mean, I don't, I don't know why it has to be like such an exaggerated reaction. I don't know. I find myself... So this exhausts Rin. I'm exhausted. I'm so <laughs> talking about it and experiencing it on a daily basis. Like There are some days I just don't look at social media because I feel drained from... That's <laughs> why I'm not on. I mean, it's one of the reasons I'm not on. I'm not on it for yeah. like a 10,000 reasons, but that's one of the reasons. I feel burdened by the weight of other people's opinions. Well, and and, that, <laughs> and that's something... And so I'm not, not... That's not the same reason for me because Rin, that stuff bothers Rin because she's sensitive and caring, not snowflake since it's just... She's a caring person, so that stuff like injures her soul a little bit. Like she doesn't <laughs> like to see people in disagreement, but like I am just like, you're a bunch of idiots and I don't well, know what you're... complaining about and you're pissing me off the consistent posting of here's why i'm right and everyone else is stupid (laughs) right is i think 
really damaging to our society and it interpersonal is. relationships. It is. And then somebody responds with, well, here's why you're stupid. Right. And that's my point. That's our point here. So is there a, is there a solution? Can we, is there anything we can do? What? So my solution is for everyone to understand that it's okay to express yourself and how you feel in a, in a thoughtful way, but it's not okay to expect the rest of the world to exist to accommodate those feelings. Yeah. So, I mean... That's right. You're allowed to feel it. By the way, I'm happy to accommodate other people's feelings. I would be crushed if I thought that I made somebody feel less valuable than they were. But that's me and my choice and how I interact with right. other and people. Right. And when did it become your job, though, to represent every it's single not. sensitive human being on this earth? It's not. And so that's like what's happening there. It's like, well, because I am, I believe everybody who believes this believes that, and I'm going to fight to, you know, like, wh- what? Yeah. Well, you don't... Who appointed you every... This person, like, this causes savior. You, you don't have the right in this world to not be offended. That's You have a right to free speech. Yeah. You don't have the right to not be offended. Um, and I think when we're so focused on what is offending us, we're not thinking about the perceptions of other people and how to actually interact with them. Right. Well, yeah. So, and so I think... Yeah, and we've talked about this and we've seen this and like free speech is going to offend somebody. Right. Well, but you have the right to respond with free speech. Right. Okay. Well, generally important conversations. They're uncensored. Someone's going to get offended. That's if, right. If a conversation's important I can't serious. censor it. Right. We can't, we can't sit here and worry about offending each other. If I had to have a real conversation with you because something was going on, I can't really worry about your fragile sensibility. I got to, for your safety, say it. Right. My fragile sensibility is my responsibility. <laughs> it is. I'm responsible for what I say, not right. your reaction to Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And that's You're true responsible for, for your own actions and reactions. Absolutely. And so get it together. I mean, someone's allowed to say something offensive. React appropriately. You're control of that. Get control. We've lost control. Well, and the bigger bummer is, um, as far as feminism goes, when we overreact to, as I mentioned before, just because this one article sticks with me for some reason, when we overreact to the problematic nature of Ross Geller from Friends 25 years ago, (laughs) we're really kind of pulling attention. We're really digging, too. I mean, like... We're, we, we've talked about this, you know, digging out stuff that happened 40 years ago that was really just not that offensive really anyway. I mean, if we're it, being it, honest. It doesn't matter really what it was. Like, if we're just digging and digging and digging, we are taken away from the actual point. And if we're being honest, Joey was much more problematic than Ross. Yeah. Hello. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> but there, there are actual important things to be talking about and sitcoms from 25 years and why they're annoying to us through the filter of just 2018 yeah. and 19 is not Doesn't matter. It. Not at all. Like at all. It, doesn't, it just does not apply. Yeah. It wasn't the same. It just, and it doesn't matter. You're taking away attention from where it should be. Right. So with that, hey, Mitch's Manly Insights. Let's hear it. Mitch, you are very sensitive to everything. I am the opposite. I don't get offended. And I think it's important to note that the the snowflake thing, it's not people being offended. Okay, it is. And it, it started as people being offended way too easily by just asinine stuff. You know, like... Uh, the Starbucks and the war on Christmas where it's like, it's a red cup. That's right. Shut up. 
Right. Just deal with it. Just buy your Happy holidays. You're not the only... It, it, it goes back to what I like to tell people. You're not special. But they don't. But everybody wants to be special. And, and their parents told them how special they were. The problem is... And, and I'm going to solve all the world's problems right now. Perfect. Oh, here we go. Stop thinking and stop voting and stop discussing and stop believing in self-interest. It's not about you. This is not your world. This is a society that has millions and millions and millions of people in it. And they're going to say things that you don't like. You're going to say things that they don't like. But when it's all said and done, we're just trying to get through this together. Yeah. So if if you want something and you have an opinion on something, make sure that that's a thoughtful and well-thought-out rational opinion. Now... Calling someone a snowflake because if you say something racist or sexist or just completely out of left field, I'm going to be offended. I'm going to be very angry because you have crossed a line that no one should cross. And that doesn't make me a snowflake because I'm calling you out for dropping an N-word or saying something just blatantly racist. You fucked up. Yeah, that's not... And that's not what we're talking that's about. Right. No, I know that you're not talking about that, but that's how and I that's see how- Snowflake used it's so often, especially on social media, where it's like, hey, this happened, and they're like, oh, all the damn hippie-lib snowflakes are going to be pissing their pants over this one, and it's like, yo, this is a problem. This isn't a time for you to call somebody a snowflake. When somebody gets upset because I saw mommy kissing Santa Claus is about mommy having sex with this homeless guy down the road. (laughs) Maybe that's just a funny joke or something. You know, like, let's not get upset about that. Let's get upset about the monument of racism that is about to be built at our southern border. Let's be upset about that. But. When it all comes down to it, I think that the people that get offended are simply searching for somebody to blame for their own feelings. Right. They're upset because they feel differently than somebody else, and they don't know how to deal with it. And so they they look for that camaraderie in the groups of, well, we don't like that. And so we're it's it's it all comes from, well, I don't like what you said, so I'm going to throw a temper tantrum and tell you you're an a-hole. Right. I just dropped an F-bomb, and then I say A-hole. Like, what the <laughs> hell is wrong with me? You're, um, you're a very sensitive but, snowflake. You know, the <laughs> other thing, uh, millennials killing things, like that's one of the things that I keep seeing people get offended over, and I think it's the most asinine argument ever. Millennials are killing chain restaurants. Millennials <laughs> are killing doorbells. Millennials are killing napkins. Did we need them in the first place? Well, feminists I'm are sure killing we, men. Well, right, but I mean... Uh, I'm sure that there was a point in time when we needed doorbells, but now we have phones that have instant. So, like, right. it's like don't get offended because your doorbell company is going out of business. <laughs> How long did you think that was going to last? Well, also, you know? I do still use both doorbells and napkins, so I'm very like, confused about real that. napkins. Do you have separate paper towels and napkins? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Sociopaths but is what I was going to say. We're clearly extremists. <laughs> yeah, and hate the forests. We hate everything. Um, we hate everything. No, but and, and as far as going back to friends and and how problematic Ross Geller was, history is problematic. It all of it, it every bit of it. it yesterday yes. was problematic. The things that we did yesterday were problematic. Right. Tomorrow and three years from now. So 
let's not get upset at friends. It made it through it. We got through it. It's a funny Why? show. It's still funny. <laughs> well, but so, yeah, I think what's okay is like, it's okay to say, hey, this historic figure like Winston Churchill or Thomas Jefferson or someone who did giant important things, it's okay to also say, hey, there's some stuff they did that's not great and it's okay to address it. Right. It's not okay to request that someone who quotes them be fired. Right. That's right. the difference. Right. Maybe Steven Seagal, you, that's fine, but not <laughs> Ross Geller or something like that. But, <coughs> excuse me. Um, I, I think that's about it. I, also, I think I might have referenced it at some point, but there was there's an article that I think everybody should look up. Uh, some woman was offended by mayonnaise. Yes. By you, the yes. death of mayonnaise, millennials killing mayonnaise. And if you really want to see this toxic, Sensitivity is sensitivism. Sensitivism. <laughs> if you want to see a toxic version of this, look up uh, "Woman Angry About Mayonnaise." I think uh, we did read it one time because you told us about it, and I mean, good for you guys, millennials. If you were successful in killing a condiment that's lasted this long, well, they're not even killing good, it. It's, I mean, it's the, that was hey, the whole point of the good, argument. Good it for was you guys. this woman wrote an entire like four-page article about millennials killing mayonnaise because she went to a church potluck and went home with extra potato salad because nobody ate all of her... Like, all of her potato salad was not gone, so she assumes that millennials aren't eating mayonnaise. Right, and it's because your potato salad sucked. Well, and by the way, there's a millennial... Maybe two sitting in this room who have eaten potato salad today with mayonnaise in it, right? But again. I think two. Two yeah. millennials ate right. potato salad today. I'm so. technically a millennial. You are. You're I both millennials. Technically. I, I didn't eat potato salad, but I'm not a millennial. I would like so. to go back to what you said earlier. And no, I do not identify as a millennial because I was born in 82. I know. That's why I threw that in yeah. there, by the way. And I will leave with this. Blazing Saddles could have never been made today. No. And it is one of the best films and funniest films I've ever seen in my life. And it deals with topics that are so sensitive that we couldn't do it that way today. But clearly Clue couldn't be made either because Mrs. White is a woman. Right, but that's what I'm saying. She's a black widow and she's hysterical. And then there's a French maid with her boobs hanging out. I mean, oh my gosh, we're just... How do we change life? We're going to have to change the game of life. We're going to have to completely overhaul that. No more stop and have a kid. Stop and decide if you're going to have a kid or not. I wonder if jail is still allowed in Monopoly. Do we go to jail? Or is Ooh, that too sensitive? Can we sensitive? call that something? Like men- that the something? mental institution? No, I think oh. it's just the habitat be- for those who shouldn't be with us any longer. Nice. I like it. I don't know. All right. That's all I got. All right. Well, I guess you can find us um, at thatotherfword.com. Email us at, at thatotherfword at gmail. And Mitch? You can find this podcast and more like it on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher and tune in. All right, guys, and remember feminism, feminism isn't a bad word. word.